Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. We live on a river. It's the Mohawk in upstate New York. The Mohawk flows into the Hudson River just north of Albany. Right across the river from the little village we live in is the city of Schenectady. The first successful TV transmission took place in Schenectady in the home of one of General Electric's employees in 1927. That house still stands. It's in a pretty nice neighborhood. There's something about a river that stirs my imagination. I grew up in Memphis, which is on a good-sized river. Lots of songs have been written about that river. Lots of things happened on that river, like the southward migration of Huck Finn and runaway slave Jim. Well, that didn't actually happen except in the book, but it was pretty real to me every time I read it, which is at least 20 times. Rivers feature in the Bible, as you know. The most famous river is the Jordan, which the Israelites had to cross to take the promised land. In popular culture, crossing the Jordan is a metaphor for dying and going to heaven. There was a TV series titled Crossing Jordan. I never watched it, but according to the internet, it was about a sexy corridor with a checkered past. I just have to wonder if that GE guy who invented the television made a big mistake. Anyway, that metaphor is wrong. Crossing the Jordan River is not about going to heaven. When we go to heaven, we rest forever. When the Israelites crossed the Jordan, they had to fight to take the land. I hate to ruin that for you, but uh, it's just my responsibility, I guess. As I write this, I'm sitting by the big window in our living room that looks out on the river. There is an island in the river by us, and we see deer browsing around at the water's edge almost every day. We also see many kinds of interesting birds. Apparently, when they taught us about birds in school, I wasn't paying much attention, but I've learned that those big white birds that fly so gracefully are called egrets. I think there are also herons, and of course, ducks. Now, I do know a duck when I see one. You know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. As I said, rivers stir my imagination. You look at a river flowing and you realize that the water you see came from a long way off and has a long way to go. Rivers suggest the idea of the passing of time. There's a beautiful novel by the Southern author Thomas Wolfe called Of Time and the River. Just that title gets me, but I did read the book. In Psalm 46, it says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. The streams make the city glad. It's obvious why so many cities spring up on rivers. People need water, and also rivers provide transportation. Some rivers in the Middle East are dry most of the time, but flow during the rainy season. They are called wadis. But a river like the River Jordan does not dry up. That made the people who lived on it glad, so to speak. They always had water. 
For those of us who don't live in the desert and have always had plenty of water, it's hard to relate to the people who live in very dry climates like the Bible lands. We take water for granted, but it is not so in many parts of the world. Ezekiel had many striking visions, not the least of which is the vision of the water flowing from under the threshold of the temple in chapter 47. The water was a trickle at first, but as it flowed, it got deeper and deeper. On the banks of this river were many trees. It flowed down to the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea became fresh and was filled with fish. Wherever it flowed, it brought life. It issued from the dwelling place of God. Jesus talked about this river in John 7. He stood up in the temple and proclaimed, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I think this is interesting. He calls out to those who are thirsty. You would expect him to say that if you're thirsty, I'll give you a drink. The waters will flow to you and they'll quench your thirst. But instead, he says to the thirsty, come to me and rivers of living water will flow from you. Your thirst will be quenched and then your life will become a source of life for others. We see a sort of progression here in John. In chapter 4, Jesus told the woman at the well that the water he could give her would become in her a spring. Springs are nice, but when we get to chapter 7, the spring has become a river. And looking to Ezekiel, we see that the farther the river flows, the mightier it becomes, from water up to the ankles in the beginning to water over your head, water to swim in. This river of life is indeed a mighty river. But there's something we need to keep in mind if we want this river to flow from us like Jesus talked about. Let's look at that verse again. He who believes in me from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So the continued flow of the river depends on our relationship with Jesus. Many people think that believing in Jesus is something you do in a particular moment, like signing a contract. When you buy an insurance policy, you don't have to sign the application every day. It's like a one and done, signed, sealed, and delivered. But our relationship with Jesus is not like that. It is a continuous kind of thing. Now that you think about it, this metaphor of the river implies something continuous. A river flows. A pond is stagnant. It doesn't do much. But a river flows on day after day. It never stops. So what is my job? My job is to stay connected to the source, which is Jesus. Jesus is the only source of life. In 1 John chapter 5, we read these words. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Think of marriage. 
It starts with a wedding. Weddings are beautiful things. My wife, my wife and I have a big a book that contains pictures of our wedding, but there's more to marriage than a wedding. It's only the beginning. A marriage is a daily relationship. Lots of things happen in your life together that were not necessarily foreshadowed at the wedding. Marriage is not just constantly looking at your wedding book. It's not the event of a moment, but it's a lifetime. You don't eat wedding cake every day. The same is true for our life with Jesus. It's not just about a decision you made years ago. It's fine for you to tell me about the day you met Christ. That's wonderful. But tell me about your relationship to Jesus right now. That's what matters. If I'm not living in a daily relationship with my wife, if we are living separate from each other, those pictures of us getting married don't have much meaning. So tell me, friend, what's your relationship to Jesus like right at this moment? Do you believe in him more than you did the day you met him? Has your faith grown? Or is it just some distant memory? Another way of asking this would be to say, is the river flowing? Is it getting deeper like it did for Ezekiel? The river can't flow if you get cut off from the source. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the water of life that flows from us when we are rightly related to you. Help us, Jesus, to maintain that daily connection with you so that that river can continue to flow and get deeper and deeper and not touch not only ourselves, but others to whom we come in contact. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. My dear friend, uh, we believe the river is flowing in a little fellowship that we are part of, that uh, we are seeking to get firmly established in the uh, capital district of New York right now in the Schenectady area. And it's called Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. And if you don't have a church home, if you're in the area, we would love to meet you. And as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.